0: can happen in the house of the Lord tonight praise God that's not just a trite saying that we say to get people excited but it is true that when God's people begin to believe on Him hallelujah when they begin to manifest hunger in their spirit the spirit of the Lord will move into this place and there's no limitation on what can happen in the house of the Lord before we leave here tonight hallelujah praise God You'll turn in your Bibles to the book of Matthew chapter 9. <clears throat> it's my hope that uh, we'll be able to sing for you this weekend. Uh, my wife is just coming off of this uh, flu that's been going around, and so her voice is not as strong as usual. And, uh, but uh, before this week is over, hopefully you'll be blessed to hear her sing. And I'm thankful to have her with me here tonight. Matthew chapter 9, the 27th verse. The Bible picks up here after the miracle of Jesus at the household of Jairus, where he raised the daughter of Jairus from the dead. As Jesus left the household of Jairus, there were two men that were standing close to Jairus' home. These were beggars. They went there in all likelihood every day following the same pattern going home the same way every day. But something happened on this day that Jesus passed by that caused these two individuals to determine that it was worth their while to break out of their routine for just a little while and to follow Jesus where he went. Verse 27 says, And when Jesus departed thence, two blind men followed him, crying and saying, Thou son of David have mercy on us. And when he was come into the house, the blind men came to him. You need to realize that these blind men followed Jesus down a street that they were unfamiliar with in all likelihood. They went into a strange house. And when Jesus uh, said unto them, Believe ye that I am able to do this, they said unto him, Yea, Lord. Then touched he their eyes, saying, According to your faith, be it unto you. And their eyes were open. Hallelujah. And their eyes were open. Is there anybody in the house of the Lord this evening that believed that actually happened? Are we reading a, from a fairy tale? Or is this the Word of God? Is this something that actually transpired? I wonder if before we're seated, if we could give God praise for something that happened 2,000 years ago. Hallelujah. Can you praise Him for touching two blind individuals? Hallelujah. Glory to the name of the Lord. Hallelujah. Praise the name of the Lord. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. I know I don't know very many of you very well, but if you don't mind, we're going to skip the nervous time, the uneasy with each other time, and get right into the Word of God and let God have His way. Hallelujah, amen. Praise God. I'd like to preach with the help of the Lord this evening. Your victory is outside of your routine. Your victory is outside of your routine. You may be seated. There's a story that I've heard. You may have heard it as well. It's the story of a young lion cub raised in captivity. This particular lion cub was eventually going to be allowed to roam throughout a domain in a zoo, a habitat if you would, where he could roam and wander and enjoy the shade trees and, uh, uh, and just enjoy the entire habitat that had been created for him. But in the months of his mind's formation, the habitat was not completed yet, so they caused this lion to be raised in a small cage, perhaps 10 to 12 feet by 5 feet. And these were the parameters in which this lion cub could wander for the first several months of its life. And so during this time of formation, the lion cub would pace back and forth and back and forth in this restricted area in which he was being raised. And it wasn't very long until this lion had worn a path in that same restricted area that he walked day by day. The story goes that the time came when they brought this lion out into the midst of the domain, in the midst of the habitat that had been created for him so that now when the bars were lifted, he would no longer be restricted to a ten foot by five foot cage. He could roam wherever he would please, stretching out all of his limbs, maybe lying in behind a shade tree. He could enjoy all of the habitat. But what happened is is that when they lifted the bars, this lion for several months simply walked back and forth in a five by ten parameter area. Just as if the bars had never been lifted, he continued to walk in that small area, unable to enjoy the shade tree, unable to stretch out his limbs because he was no longer Bound by bars. It was not a cage that held him captive any longer. But now he was bound by routine. Bound in his mind. Bound in his thinking. By a routine that restricted him from enjoying everything that was available to him. There's great power in routine. There's constrictive power in habit as well. Probably every one of us are bound by different types of habits. While I was a school teacher for two years in the public school system, I had a very defined routine that I slid into every morning in order to get ready for work. Some of you maybe can relate to it. 6.45, I'm sorry, 5.45, the alarm goes off. And what do you do? You reach the hand up and you hit the snooze button got 10 more minutes to lie in pleasant repose until once again your sleep is interrupted by the sound of the radio or the buzzer and so what do you do, you reach up and you slap the snooze button again, 10 minutes more of sleep and then the, snoo- uh, the alarm goes off again but this time you know you've already had your two snoozes. You get the same thing every morning and it's time to get up and get out of bed. You swing your legs over the side of the bed on the same side every morning, at least that's what I did. It wasn't because there were any snakes or alligators on the other side, but it was just simply due to the fact that I was so used to getting up on that side of the bed, I just did it out of routine. I didn't even think about it, it just happened. Then I went in and uh, began to uh, brush my teeth and and, uh, prepare for the day, going through the same exact pattern every morning then I put my shirt on same arm in first time every morning same arm now some of you could relate to this if you think about it you put your shirt on the same way every morning you get dressed the same way put the same shoe on first maybe if it's your right you put that same one on every morning first and then you go to your left you following a very detailed routine then you go downstairs or uh, to the kitchen and you get your dinner breakfast together and uh, if you're like me you ate your breakfast on the way to work you got to into the car turn the crank and as the car started finally you woke up and realized hey I'm about to go to work here because you are so used to the routine that you didn't even have to think about what you were doing you know what I'm talking about you don't even have to think about what you're doing and I've been told that people who are not blessed with sight People who are blind have to follow an even more regimented habit and routine than I do and than you do because they know exactly how many steps it takes to get from their bed to the bathroom, how many steps it is to the kitchen. And they're able to follow the same routine day by day by day. And if they do follow this routine, then they're less likely to injure themselves. We are creatures that are ruled by habit. And it doesn't take very long to realize, as you look at people's lives, that so many people are bound by habits of iniquity and habits of sin. Things that they just wanted to uh, experiment with and see if they liked. It's not very long until they find themselves bound by something that they don't have the ability to break free from. They once had the power to choose, but now they don't have the power to choose any longer. Now they are bound by sin and bound by the habits that the devil has caused them to become uh, uh, entwined with. People who once uh, had control of themselves have to reach out for the bottle of alcohol or the bottle of beer. People who once could make a decision can't make a decision anymore. Every 10 or 15 minutes, they have to reach into their pocket and pull out a cigarette and put it to their lips and light it up. Why? Because they're bound by the power of habit and by the power of routine. Try to break free. Try to quit. Try to break the habits of sin. Try to break the habit of feasting on perversion and pornography. Trying to break the habit of alcohol and drugs. They, they try to do it themselves they go to these groups that try to give them uh, the information so that they can be empowered to break free from these habits that are destroying their lives but they're not able to break free but I believe here in the house tonight that if I were to walk down the aisles of this assembly I could hear some testimonies of some people where the power of God stepped into their life where the glory of God was unleashed in their midst and where they had no power to break free from the power of sin. God, by the power of His Spirit, enabled you. Hallelujah! But you had to realize, the victory that I desire is outside of my routine. I can't just keep doing the things that I'm doing and expect to get any better if I'm gonna have victory if I'm gonna get victory I'm gonna have to step outside of my routine there are also good habits and I'm thankful for good positive habits and good spiritual disciplines that you can have in your life I'm so thankful that uh, I learned when I was a child growing up here's a question you never asked dad are we going to church today They never had to ask. I never had to ask my dad that because I knew every time the church doors were open that we were going to be in the house of the Lord. I kind of think that's the way it ought to be. The Bible talks about being sold out, 100% committed. Those that found the gospel, the kingdom of God, likened it unto a pearl of great price. Said, hey, you know what? We got to sell out everything for this pearl of great price. And if your kids have to ask you, wondering, we're going to go to church today or not, you better take an evaluation of yourself. Your kids should know when the church doors are open, I was glad when they said unto me, let us go into the house of the Lord. Praise God. Praise the name of the Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I'm so glad for good, solid Christian principles and disciplines that you can put into your life. That you know if you go to bed at night and you haven't read your Bible yet, you're uncomfortable. you got to wake up, go crack the pages and begin to read the Word of God. If you're about ready to fall asleep at night and you realize, you know what? I hadn't spent any time alone in the presence of the Lord today. Something makes you feel uneasy and uncomfortable because that's the routine of your life when I come to the house of the Lord you better guarantee I can guarantee you one thing when I get in the presence of the Lord I've come to worship and to praise Him even if I don't feel good in my body even if I'm a little bit weary from the activities of the day even if they're not singing the song that I like I haven't come to worship no song I've come to worship the Savior oh glory I don't have to make a decision and come to a consensus when I come to the house of the Lord. Is this going to be a worshipping or a non-worshipping service for me? When I come to the house of the Lord, I've come to praise Him. I've come to worship Him. I've come to lift up and to glorify and to magnify His name. Hallelujah. If you notice me not worshipping, something's not right because when I come to the house of the Lord, I've come to praise Him. I've come to magnify Him. That's one thing I've noticed when people's spirituality begins to fleet. When flee when their walk with God begins to get sour what's the first thing that starts leaving is their worship their worship loses that fervor and that fire and that passion that it was once characterized by now they just go through the motions patty caking for Jesus coming to church and occupying a pew and it's not going to be very long until the devil will have his hands around their throat I guarantee you one thing the devil's not going to get his hands around my throat I'm going to move around just a little bit too much for him to get his hands on that. Praise God. So I'm glad for the habit of attending church regularly. And when I come, bring a sacrifice of praise. I'm glad for the habits of living with spiritual discipline. But there's one thing I want to talk to you tonight about. And that is there comes a time in everyone's life most people that are living for god when they realize that they have relegated living to god living for god and and their walk with god to simply a behavior a routine a habit and they just come to church out of routine because that's what they do every sunday wednesday friday They just come and uh, 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 serve God and worship the Lord out of routine because that's what they do every time that they come to church, every time that we come to the house of the Lord. I need to cause you to realize this, and that is, if you're just worshiping the Lord and serving the Lord and coming to church simply out of habit, it creates a passivity in your walk with God. That fire that used to burn in your belly, that passion that used to cause you to rejoice in the house of the Lord can be stolen when you just come to church out of habit and go through the motions of worship, hallelujah. I'm glad we're an apostolic Pentecostal church. I'm glad that when we come to church, we don't just follow a format and a plan. I'm glad that that we can allow the presence of the Lord to move, that God's welcome at any point during the course of this service to grant us a Holy Ghost interruption. He can take over at any point during the course of a real Pentecostal church. Hallelujah. Uh, We don't have control of it. We don't have it under wraps because God can step in at any time and take over. and I know and rightly so we pride ourselves to a certain degree in the fact that when we come to church we don't follow just a format we're not bound by formalism but there's one thing that I've noticed in apostolic Pentecostal churches, not all of them, but in certain churches that I've been to, and I've even noticed it in my own life, that's why I can bring it up tonight that sometimes I relegate my worship to the Lord, I relegate my attitude and actions and uh, uh, the way that I act in the house of the Lord to just a routine and just a habit. You know what I'm talking about? you can just sit there and listen and when the preacher's voice gets loud you can say amen hallelujah here comes praise God I think he stepped out of the routine there didn't he hallelujah you can come to church come to the house of the Lord and when the song gets to going the beat that you like then you can stand up and start clapping your hands start rejoicing we can come to the house of the Lord and just kind of put it on autopilot if you know what I'm saying we don't even have to think about what's going on I caught myself doing this some time ago I was in the house of the Lord they were singing there is power power wonder-working power in the blood of the Lamb and I remember I was just singing right along clapping my hands and you know what? My mind was a million miles away from where we were right then. I was thinking about, you know, well, tomorrow I've got to do this and such at school or, or uh, tonight, uh, where are we going to go eat? And In the meantime, I think I'm worshiping God because my arms are moving, because my lips are moving, because I've stood to my feet when everybody else stood up, when I started clapping, when everybody else started clapping. I think that I'm really worshiping the Lord when in fact all I'm doing is I'm just stuck in a routine. Just following the routine and the habit. Just so used to being a Pentecostal that i become a professional. I know how to do it without even thinking. But I'm here to tell you true praise and true worship comes from the depths of your spirit. Your mind is going to be engaged. There's going to be a fire burning on the inside. Hallelujah. Because you're not just beating your hands together. You're giving applause to the only one that's worthy. You're giving glory to God. a certain attitude I want to affect when I come to church. I heard someone say before, uh, when when you walk into a theater where a drama is being presented, those that are in the audience are the ones that are the recipients of whatever's being presented on the stage. And so everyone in the audience, everyone sitting out in this area is the audience receiving the the drama that's unfolding and the players on the stage are the ones that are presenting or offering to the audience. And you go to a lot of churches and that's the impression that you get that uh, uh, the man behind the pulpit, the lady or the man on the piano, the people up in the choir are the ones that are performing and presenting and giving of themselves. And the audience just sits back and receives. But in a true church, hallelujah, this is not a performance. This is not an auditorium for a show. This is a house of worship. And when we gather together, I'm here to tell you, ha! you're not the audience. I'm not the audience. We're all the performers. We're all on stage and the Lord God Almighty is the only audience here tonight. Routine. Routine habit worship is usually just for everybody else. Think about it now. If you're just praising the Lord out of routine, praising Him out of habit, without any fire, without any passion, without any tears, without anything on the inside that's burning. You're just doing it for everyone else. You're doing it so your brother, your sister won't think you're backslidden and cold in your heart. Well, I'd rather have you move than just sit there like a bump on the log. But if your praise is going to be real, it's got to come from the inner recesses of your spirit. It's got to burn on the inside. It's got to be real. Oh, let's praise God right now. Anybody feel like giving glory to the one that's worthy? Hallelujah. When we relegate our worship and our service to the King to just have it, you know what? Your mind's going to be occupied somewhere your heart's going to be wrapped up in something. And if it's not wrapped up in the things of God, if it's not wrapped up in being in the house of worship and magnifying and praising, it's going to get wrapped up somewhere else in this world. There's going to be something else that begins to dominate your attention because you don't even have to think about worship. You can just come and go through the motions of routine. But what happens is you just become a shell. You forget why we pray and why we worship. We forget that there's a lost and dying world that's desperate for salvation. Forget why we have prayer meetings and Sunday school and visitation and church services. Why? Because we're just stuck in a rut going through the motions of living for God. Proud because we're Pentecostals. We can stand our feet and clap our hands and shout amen. But you can do all of that without your heart being engaged. But I'm telling you here tonight. Hallelujah. If you want to get out of your routine. If you want victory in your spirit. You've got to get out of your routine. And learn how to praise the Lord. With all of your heart. All of your might. All of your strength. All of your spirit. Everything on the inside. Hallelujah. I want to tell you here tonight. The victory that you need for your life, that thing that you want to see happen in your family, that depression and discouragement that's been driving you in the ground, God is able to break that in an instant. But the victory you need is not in your little patty cake for Jesus' routine. The victory that you need is outside of your routine. Glory, 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 glory. Hallelujah! Hallelujah! I can see the two blind men. Follow their routine every morning. We got to go to where the wealthy people live if we want to get any alms. Not going to find too much money in the government projects. Got to go to the wealthy people's house, so they know how many steps it takes. Five steps. There's the the lamp post. Turn left. Eight more steps. Eight more steps. And then there's a curb. Four more steps. And and there's that other curb. And then I turn to the right. There's that landmark there. Take twelve steps that way. Every day, follow the same routine. And then they knew when they got to the gate of the wealthy man. And then they reached into their pouches or their their packs that they carried with them. They pulled out their tin cups and they began to cry out for alms the same way day in and day out because, you see, they couldn't work a regular job. They couldn't get on a construction site because they were restricted by their lack of vision so every day they followed the same routine they knew that there was someone back at the house waiting for them to arrive and if they didn't make it back by 6 or 7 o'clock whenever the pre-prescribed time had been then somebody was gonna come out looking for them but today as they sat beside the gate there they were begging for alms and they be
1: I thank the Lord hallelujah thank you Jesus Come on, let's give him a high praise. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. You know tell you something brother Brown preached a revelation to you tonight we need to learn this the Bible said you know we you hear a lot about blind faith there is no such thing as blind faith those blind men saw before they ever saw they saw themselves see it by faith Abraham seeing the promise afar off go to the book of Hebrews chapter 11 and look how many times the Bible refers to seeing saw in the book of Hebrews chapter 11 you come up to this altar, you need to see yourself receiving the victory. You need to see yourself with the promise. You need to see yourself with deliverance.
0: People come over, oh
1: Jesus, please, God, please, oh Lord, please, oh you don't want to do this because you don't want to be unkind and rude to people but you you almost need to look at them and say, look, go sit down until you're ready to receive what God wants you to have. Because you're wearing me out. Well, I'm trying to help you and you can't see your victory. But I want to tell you, when people see their victory, when they see it, oh, thank you Jesus for victory in my family. Thank you. You know what, Lord? I don't know why I'm weak in my body. I don't know why I feel this way, but I tell you, Lord, it's just, a, it's just passing, it's just passing. I, I see myself. I see myself with victory. I see myself with the deliverance. I see myself doing what God has called me to do. I'm gonna give away one of my secrets to preaching. I shouldn't do this because the Bible says you're not supposed to open your treasure house. But you're not my enemy. You're my friend. I'm going to give away one of my secrets to preaching. Brother Elder sees a lot of victory in his preaching. You know why? Because before I ever come out and step to this pulpit when I'm back there praying, I see the way that message is going to wind up. I see the way God wants to apply that message and I see the way that I'm gonna finish that message and I see people coming to the altars I see people lifting their hands up and receiving healing and victory and deliverance in their life it's gonna be a good message because God wants it to be a good message it's gonna be a powerful message because that's the will of God for it and you musicians you need to sit on these keyboards and you need to play like everybody's just, my God, I've never heard sister so-and-so play like that. You say, Brother Allen, that that's not arrogant. You need to see the anointing of God in your life. You singers need to sing like you you know God's anointing on you and through your singing, somebody is going to have the door of faith open to their life where victory can be received in their life. I'm expecting this message to bring deliverance. I'm expecting this song to open the prison door. I'm expecting this. I'm expecting when I lay hands on somebody, these signs shall follow them that believe. Come on. How many believe we're going to have revival this week? I'm expecting to see people get the Holy Ghost this week. I'm expecting to see people delivered. I'm expecting to see backsliders pray through. I'm ready to see people get their healing. Oh, let's stand to our feet and worship him and thank him tonight. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah. I thought it was so cute. Brother Brown, this is your first child, right? First child. Isn't that cute the way he just happened to work that into his message? He just just happened to work that into his message. He's a good daddy and give you a plug nickel for parents that said oh my God I don't know why we did it But hate to tell you this but God forbid we're going to have a baby well Lord you know how it was done what are you griping now for got to go to church tonight because God forbid we're in revival. Brother Elder just happened to call revival on the coldest week. Twelve inches of snow. Kids puking all over the house and here we have to go to revival. Get ready kids. We just got to go to revival. Oh no, we get to go. You know, I just have to tell you, this church is in revival. This church is in revival. I'm expecting great things this week. I'm expecting God to do mighty things this week. If you're expecting that, why don't you raise your hands high and give God a damn payment of praise before it ever happens. Just put a damn payment. Put that blessing and lay away with a payment of praise right now. Put that, put that healing away with a down payment of praise right now. Oh, put that miracle in escrow with a down payment of praise right now. Let me put a little up front here, God, to show you how much I'm believing you for. Hallelujah. Praise God. Thank you, Brother Brown. Sister, Sister Burke to have the Holy Ghost? No, before tonight? Pero, esta noche, como se dice, she got it. Ella recibió Ah, muchas gracias, (laughs) Jesús. Ah, y'all need to pray for me. I'm going to get this Spanish stuff. I'm going to get it. I know I jack it up right now, but one of these days I'm going to get it. I'm going to shock this church. See, because what you don't understand is I see myself preaching in Spanish. And I see people getting the Holy Ghost while preaching in Spanish. Hallelujah. That's right. You think it's going to happen? I don't think it's going to happen. I know it's going to happen. Let's remember that tomorrow night there will not be any church. But Friday night. What's happening here Friday night? What, what's going to happen around here Friday night? Revival's going to take place around here Friday night. It's supposed to be all pretty and nice. Let's believe God for a, an epidemic of healing in this church. Praise the Lord. God bless you. Let brother and sister Brown know that we're delighted they're here. And... Uh, meet me back here at 7 o'clock Friday night in the prayer room to believe God for a great move of His power. Praise the Lord. Clean team. The hungry every
0: time. He never sends anybody home without that hunger satisfied when they really get hungry for God. And so real hunger will break us from our routine. Will break us out of our habitually based behavior that does not allow us to enjoy the pleasures of heaven, the goodness of God, the glory of God, that freshness and newness that once exuberated from our spirit when we first received the gift of the Holy Ghost. Hunger for God. It's what caused these two blind individuals to stumble down an unknown street into an unfamiliar home. There was hunger in their heart. Number two second thing that characterizes somebody that's going to receive something from God is
1: expectancy.
0: Expectancy has the power to break a person out of their routine. I'm from the state of Tennessee. A snow like you just had, we don't see anything like that. Every once in a while, the forecaster will come on the radio and declare. There is a chance of snow flurries this evening. Accumulations of one to two inches possible. I know my regular shopping day is Monday. I know I only go to the grocery store on Monday. That's my routine, but you know, we're expecting something different. So if you've ever been to the grocery store in Tennessee the night before they forecast the snow, it's craziness, folks. There's ladies wrestling over loaves of bread people getting bludgeoned with milk gallons and, and, and the shelves are literally bare sometimes when you go in when they forecast any ice or any snow because they're just real sure that they're going to be locked in the house there for several days. But the, the fact of the matter is that expectancy causes them to break out of their routine a little bit. They do it one way, but when they expect something out of the ordinary, then their routine is broken just a little bit. I don't know if you noticed, but my precious wife is expecting That means I'm expecting, too. We're expecting a new child in a couple of uh, months here, our first child. Thank you. Thank you. And, uh, hey. Something changes when a woman is expecting a child. You know, you remember breakfast, lunch, and supper? You know, three meals a day? Uh -uh. Uh-uh. Not when you're expecting... What about two o'clock in the morning and uh, you know i'm hungry for something off the wall you know i've heard about these ladies wanting ice cream and pickles together they, they normally don't eat that kind of stuff but what they, they break out of their routine just a little bit because they're expecting something <laughs> you come home from school buddy and you dump your books out on the table every morning and you take your uh, uh, coat off and throw it on the ground kick your shoes off up against the wall that's cool But what if mom's expecting company later that day? You don't follow that same routine. You come in and take your books right up to your room and take your coat off and hang it up. Why? Because you're expecting something. And I'm here to tell you tonight that when you come to the house of the Lord expecting a move of God, when you don't expect the normal and the ordinary, then you're going to break out of your routine for just a little while. Hallelujah! I've seen it happen when God's people begin to believe that something good is about to happen. Oh, they take their worship up another notch. Their faith begins to bump the ceiling because they believe something's going to happen. Huh. That's why I think we ought to come to church with this attitude. I just feel like it. Something good is about to happen. I just feel like something good is about to happen. I just feel like something good is about to happen. Something good is on its way. Some of you know what I'm singing about I can feel it in my hands. I can feel it in my feet. I can feel it in my heart. I can feel it all over me. Oh, I just feel like something good is about to happen. Hallelujah. do you know why revival snowballs do you know why that first one prays through it takes maybe a night or two a lot of praying at the altar seeking tearing. that person may have been tarrying for the Holy Ghost for weeks and they break through and they get the Holy Ghost and then you know the second one seems to be a whole lot easier and the third and the fourth and by, by several nights later there may be three or four people who see the Holy Ghost in the same night. You know why? Because expectancy has begun to take us out of our routine. And begin to move us into the realm of victory. Hallelujah. Because what you need to receive from the Lord is not in your little routine. But it's when you step out of your routine and begin to praise the Lord from the depths of your heart. Hallelujah. When you come to the house of the Lord. Expecting. (laughs) Before we leave the house of the Lord tonight. Something's going to happen in my life. Something's going to happen in my loved one's life. Someone's going to get the Holy Ghost. The waters of baptism are going to be troubled. Before we leave the house of the Lord. Expectancy is just a fancy word for faith And I'm telling you one thing You won't receive anything from God Without faith Without believing that you're going to get it Without believing that God's going to give you something You won't receive it without it And if you have it, you will receive it Hey, that's simple, isn't it? All you got to have is faith. All you got to do is believe God. That's the only thing you've got to bring in the presence of the Lord with you is belief that God's going to do something. That's why God can heal somebody that's not even right with Him. Does that mean they're saved? No, no, no. They're not saved until they go down the waters in Jesus' name. They're not saved until they speak in other tongues as the Spirit of God gives the utterance. And they're not saved until their experience changes their life they can get a healing because God always responds to hunger and faith when you come in the presence of the Lord in the house of the Lord and believe you know what I'm going to leave the house of the Lord excited tonight even though I came in depressed I'm going to leave the house of the Lord tonight with victory even though I came bound by a spirit of fear or by any manner of evil spirits I can be liberated by the power of the Holy Ghost if you come believing if you come expecting there's no cap or no limit on what God can do Oh, let's praise the Lord right now. Hallelujah. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I remember the night that I received the gift of the Holy Ghost. As a child, a young man, I had come seeking To receive something from God, and I remember coming to the house of the Lord. Man, I I hope I can get the Holy Ghost tonight. Any of you ever do that? Man, I hope I can receive it tonight. I hope. I hope. I hope. I hope. I believe. I believe. I believe. And then uh, came time for the altar service, and I kind of sauntered down there. Oh God, I want the Holy Ghost so bad, Lord Jesus, I need you. I want your Spirit so bad. Oh God big tears come down my little uh, seven, year old face and, and down onto my collar, oh Jesus I get up, nod my head I remember we had an old fella in our church, 90 years of age, suddenly decided he needed the Holy Ghost and uh, he came down to the front and prayed for a little while so so, uh, so little faith that he had he'd pray for a while and he go "Well, oh, I can't seem to get saved that must have been pretty bad bad person is that he didn't bring faith with in the presence of the Lord. And I remember the night that I got the Holy Ghost. I don't know what happened. The night before was the revival service. And that next day it just clicked. I'm going to get the Holy Ghost. Tonight. Not, I hope I get it. Not, I want to get it. Not, it'd be great if I could get the Holy Ghost, but just, boom. I'm going to get the Holy Ghost tonight. And I remember that day getting so I didn't have it yet. But, but I had it by faith. By faith I was going to receive. If God promised it in the word, I'd been seeking him. I'd repented of my sins. I was going to receive it that night. And I can remember that day. being so excited. I couldn't wait for church to come that night. Not because I was going to seek the Holy Ghost, but because I was going to get the Holy Ghost that Believe it if you want. Don't believe it if you don't want to, but that's the way I was that day. For that night's service. I was about 10 years old. And I remember during the course of that service, as soon as worship service started, they started singing their songs, you and know, and clapping. I could not contain myself. I was so exuberant in my worship. I was so excited. I was so pumped in my worship. Well, why, Brother Brown? You hadn't had anything happen yet. That's just it. A lot of times we wait till it happens to give God glory. Wonder wonder what would happen if we learn how to give God glory before we see any kind of evidence for anything. I honestly could not wait until they gave the altar call. When the altar call came, I promise you I was the first one down. I had my hands lifted up, I wasn't whining, complaining, moping. Oh, God, please. I was so bad. I I was praising Him. Why? Because I was getting ready to receive the Holy Ghost. I had a reason to be excited. I had a reason to rejoice because I came with expectancy. Probably 30 or 40 times I follow the same routine. Come down to the altar, bow on my knees till a tear comes down, lift up my hands and praise Him for a little while. Nothing happened. But you know what busted me out of my routine? When I expected that when I get to the house of the Lord tonight, something's going to happen in the presence of the Lord. Oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah. I wonder if we could stand our feet right now and just begin to praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Now most of us, most of us have experienced dozens, perhaps hundreds of altar calls because we've been to dozens or hundreds of apostolic church services. Now we know our routine now. We know what we're supposed to do. We come up around the front, you know, and pray for a little while. Maybe lift our hands. Maybe if we feel something, just lift up both hands for a while pray for about three or four or five minutes and maybe put our hand on somebody else's shoulder and pray for them and then we go back to our seat and uh, then we go home yeah, that was a good service tonight you preached pretty good that, that was enjoyable uh, but I'm here to take there may be somebody here tonight that needs to receive something from the Lord you need to understand right now that your victory is not in your little routine your victory is not in going doing the same thing service after service after service Something in my spirit tonight says, I'm going to sing unto the Lord a new song. I'm going to offer up a brand new praise to the Lord. Hallelujah. I'm going to come down there with fresh hunger and fresh fire and fresh passion in my spirit. Hallelujah. In the name of Jesus. We're going to begin to sing in just a moment. She's going to play. We're going to sing praises to the Lord. And when we begin to sing, this altar is open. And I want to give everyone the opportunity tonight, everyone that's here, visitor, regular, alike, I want you to come up to the front of this place. That's routine, right? But once you get up here, I want you to break out of your routine for a while. If you never get on your face and weep before God, maybe it's time to do it. If you never lift up those hands and shout praises to God, maybe it's time to do something just a little bit different. Bible says in one place, the Lord said, "I think you're tired of. me. It seems like you're growing weary of me. You know what? I'm getting tired of you too. I'm paraphrasing. That's from Isaiah. But the fact of the matter is, we come up with our little routine worship and praise that doesn't even excite us. You wonder if it excites God. That old lack of hunger come up talk." to God for a couple minutes and turn around and go back to your seat. You think that appeals to God? It doesn't even appeal to us. But I guarantee you that if you come ready to break out of your routine, ready to give glory to God, if you don't have the Holy Ghost, you can receive it tonight. Hallelujah. You can receive it right before you leave the house of the Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Let's close our eyes right now and just begin to talk to the Lord. In Jesus' name. Oh God, I love you tonight Lord Jesus. I'm not just saying it, God, but I really love you from the depths of my spirit. I'm excited to be in your presence tonight. I'm excited to be in your house, Lord Jesus. I'm anticipating a move of your spirit in my life, Lord God. You're going to give me that deliverance I've been hungry for, Lord. You're going to give me that excitement and joy back in my spirit that's been lacking. Thank you for it, Lord. Hallelujah. In the name of Jesus, hallelujah. I wonder if we begin to make our way up around the front right now. Hallelujah. The music's playing. Come on, I want you to step out of your routine for a while. I want you to give glory to God. I want you to cry out to God from the depths of your spirit. hands and give him praise right now step out of your routine for a while expect the victory tonight expect victory before you leave the house of the lord give him glory right now. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Pray with expectation. Pray with faith, Hallelujah. You're not just talking to a wall, you're not talking to a ceiling, but you're talking to the master, and he's listening to you right now. hallelujah 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 why don't you do something different right now why don't you do something different in the presence of the lord hallelujah why don't you praise him in a whole new way Rejoice, because the power of the Holy Ghost is falling in the house. Anybody feel like giving God glory right now? Oh, yes, 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 yes. Let that praise just ooze forth from your spirit. Let it flow out of your innermost being right now. Let it come out of your innermost
1: Sister Bert is receiving the Holy Ghost right now. Gracias, Jesús. Gracias. Este es el Espíritu Santo, hermana. Sí.
0: Receive it right now. Just lift up those hands and cry out to him. The Lord will feel you right now. Hallelujah. He's no respecter of persons. Right now you can receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. Lift up those hands and begin to praise him.